What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain Mark Sisson is a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and unofficial godfather of the ancestral health movement. I drop in to have him help me with my hangover, talk about getting fat adapted and onboarded to the ketogenic diet, and live an optimal life. Enjoy. Maybe an hour and a half or two and a half hours of just hydration. Yeah. So that's a, a, a technique I would use at a party. Because uh, every once in a while I do have, more, you know, more than I should, right? So I'm, I'm a, my max is typically two glasses of wine. But if I'm going to a party, I can have four or five over a course of an evening from like, you know, yeah. six o'clock to ten thirty or eleven. But I make I make sure that once I stop the wine or the beer or the tequila or whatever it is, I start. I start slamming down the water, yeah. and I will nurse. Uh, I happen to like uh, sparkling water better than regular water, and I'll just pretend that's the rest, the drink for the rest of the night, and I'll feel myself sort of coming out of the, yeah. you know. That's the key, right? It's like, if you go to sleep and you're still a little drunk, yeah. that's when the hangover is going to be bad. Like, when you can hydrate your way out of it on yeah, the front yeah, side, yeah. you know, some salt, some minerals, some other things yeah. to get the electrolytes back, you get that, not that, that, that pee that's like the last one when you've been <laughs> drinking, but yeah, the yeah. one where you actually rehydrate yeah. And then go into the bathroom. Yeah, like, yeah. I haven't had that one this morning yet. Uh-oh. That's when you know it's you bad. Haven't, you right? haven't broken the seal yet? <laughs> no. No, the morning seal <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, says, yeah, like, yeah. oh, my body actually yeah. has enough liquid now yeah, yeah. to get it. No, nice. I mean, it's, um, yeah. So uh, one thing that happens when you do drink to excess is typically you'll fall asleep beautifully, right? Yeah. But then, oh, but then you wake up. But then you that wake up. That rebound is no, a Oh, man, it's, it's the worst. And that's, that's the thing that caused me to stop drinking even two glasses of wine mm-hmm. most nights. So now I have... Like I don't, I didn't even bring it back to one glass of wine a night. I brought it back to zero or two. Because right. if I have one, I'm gonna want to maybe have another, you know. And if I have one, I've already ruined the, the the, the no alcohol night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, but that's the thing is that when you you fall asleep easily, and that's why a lot of people have wine when they go to, you know, as a as a end of the day, uh, edge, you know, take the edge off, whatever. Um, but then you wake up at two, three, four o'clock in the morning, and you're awake for a while because in Chinese medicine they say that's when the liver is is doing the processing of the alcohol. Finally, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't go back to sleep, and and then you do go back to sleep, and then by the time you wake up, you're out of a you're out of a sleep cycle, yep. and now it's like where am I? And you know, it's yeah. it's this whole shit show. So, um, it's you know, the hydration is is key. Look, I mean, uh, if I were to have a hangover, I'm sure I'd have a cup of coffee. I'm sure I'd want to. Furthering the dehydration. Uh, well, train. not really. Co- coffee isn't really uh, as dehydrating as as most people think. I mean, Interesting. It, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, coffee still. You, you know, you'll 
you'll you'll smell it in your urine if you haven't had anything else to eat during the right. day. But it's but it's on balance, it's more hydrating than it is dehydrating. That's good to know. Well, I mean, if you took a caffeine pill, uh-huh. it's dehydrating. dehydrating. Okay, yeah. but if you the caffeine in coffee and you've got you know six eight. 12 ounces of water in there, there's, on balance, there's a hydrating effect. Yeah. Um, and the little stimulant effect of coffee in the morning to get me going again, I'd probably uh, overdose on the B vitamins yeah. uh, as a way of, um, you know, uh, accessing the energy pathways in now, the brain. Now, do you, do you do any kind of uh, IV vitamin therapy ever? I mean, is no. that part of your, is that part of no. your protocol? No, 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 no. That's too new school for well, you. Well, it's too hack. Yeah. Um, I gotta, you know, we got, for me, uh, I like to think that I entered this realm of, of, of uh, human performance uh, with an idea of getting um, the most amount of benefit with the least amount of pain, suffering, and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, my goal was always to do it naturally and to do it in a way that, that the body adapts uh, responds, uh, uh, seeks homeostasis versus plugging something in and trying to get the shortest shortcut possible. So you're going with the multi-million year evolutionary plan rather than, so the, far, than the last you know, 10 so years. So far that's worked for me and in the <laughs> research it's worked for a lot of people. But, you know, and we'll talk about this later on today, but uh, like when we start talking about, you know, uh, ketones and ketosis and you take ketones to get into ketosis it's like it's circumventing the whole process that mm-hmm. that was the original reason that you got into ketosis sure so when we start talking about uh and by the way i'm not anti-ivs if you're an athlete and you got to perform that day and ivs are legal and you can, can yep. take in some saline and some glucose and, a, and maybe some b vitamins some b12 or something like that uh you know, mineral, that's yeah, mineral yeah, 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 that's, complex from the you know, this, right. I, I consider myself an athlete. That's the only reason I okay. do it. Okay, <laughs> okay. But I mean I'm not I'm not opposed to it. It's just something yeah. that doesn't it's like um the the you know, the relative benefit to sure. me I do not perceive as being um substantial. And so I just you know, the the, the whole I V thing um, and there's, you know, there are a lot of other hacks that we talk about these days mm-hmm. that are kind of too fringe for me still. Yeah, no, I get it. So for me, you know, obviously one of the things that we're, we're talking about is that, you know, alcohol is a GABA agonist. Yeah. So that's what makes you feel good. Yeah. It increases the amount of GABA that you have in your brain. Yeah. And then the body's response to that, everything, the body's always seeking a response, but the body will overshoot the mark. Yeah. You know, like, so when you have too much sugar, It'll overshoot, overshoot with insulin. It'll yeah. overshoot with insulin, yeah. and then you'll have the drop, and then you'll want more sugar, and then right. you start playing that. It's the same with alcohol. You get way too much GABA, the body's like, we have way too much GABA yeah, yeah. in the system. We got to sober up. Yeah. Releases the excitatory neurotransmitter glutamate, and that's what gets you that kind of anxious, wired, you know, can't sleep vibe. So ways to like rebalance that out are things that stimulate GABA, but that's a tricky one to do. Like L-theanine is probably one of the better mechanisms yeah. that I've found. So yeah. for me, it's green, green tea, tea versus yeah. the coffee. Yeah, that yeah. that definitely helps. And then the other thing that's interesting that I found is that molybdenum is a key mineral for um, the body to produce um, the the compound that breaks down acetaldehyde, which is another one of the toxic components of alcohol. So yeah. molybdenum is found in like yeah. beans and hummus and legumes. So like right. that craving for that bean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. bean burrito or that <laughs> bean right, taco. Right. Yeah, you know, and a lot and a lot of people don't have that enzyme do that conversion, and and therefore yeah. they're they're much more at the effect of alcohol than others. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on the beans, so, <laughs> beans, so beans and green, tea. L, green tea, L-theanine, um, and that's one of those things where because I'm in the supplement industry, it's you know just supplement with L-theanine. You, know, yeah, you can no, get some significant sure. doses of L-theanine. It's very, very safe and natural, and 
and uh, you know, short term, yeah, a short term bump. Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah. All right, I'm going to jump right into ketones because that's something yeah. that's really interesting to me. So, um, a lot of people think they're on a keto diet, but they're not anywhere close to ketosis. It's just very, it's just a very low carb diet, which is actually pretty good and yeah. almost generally what I do because actually making that switch all the way into ketosis. Um, that takes some considerable willpower yep. and then considerable stick to um, to actually make it through that other side. So, and you're, you know, you're coming out with a book in October yep. and it sounds like you're recommending people go all the way, all the way through where they switch over for the fuel source from glycogen to actual ketones. Yes. Is that, uh, is that yeah, that's accurate. But I mean, and I think you hit upon something pretty important, which is some people think they're in ketosis because they've dropped their carbs from, you know, 450 a day <laughs> yeah. down to 110 or something. Um, I'm so keto right now, I'm, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm pissing purple <laughs> and, uh, you know, people say my breath isn't that great. Uh, yeah. That may be oral hygiene, <laughs> who knows. But uh, but uh, in, in the book, um, because there's a lot of... Uh, like a lot of uh, people who are proponents of keto would say, got to go all in, man, whole hog. You got to drop it down to zero to 20 grams yeah. of carbs for two weeks. And that's how you get there. Um, and we, you know, we see people who have the willpower to do that. Um, and then they're showing uh, five and six millimolar uh, ketones that they do the blood test mm -hmm. or they're, you know, they've got a huge purple strip if they're, if they're pissing. But one of the things that happens uh, with that quick ketosis, which is fine, but uh, you haven't yet really established that you're good at burning fat. And so yeah. a lot of people who are uh, sugar burners, the carb-centric people who, who do a three-day fast or who go down to the ashram and don't eat anything for a couple of days, you know, and they get deep into ketosis because they're, they're depleting their glycogen, uh, particularly their liver glycogen, they're creating all these ketones because that's that's the purpose. Yep. But the body hasn't built the metabolic machinery to burn the ketones effectively yet. Yeah. So they spill them out in the urine, they spill them out in the blood, they spill them out in, in the breath. Is that what you would call being fat adapted? You well, know, so, when, so you want to get fat adapted mm -hmm. um, to really benefit from ketosis. Uh, and so what we do in the book is we, ta we, we talk you through a 21-day um, stair-step program to get low-carb first, to become good at burning fat um, before you go deep into ketosis. So that 21-day period, which is you know, very uh, um, reminiscent of the original Primal Blueprint eating strategy, which is to cut the grains, the sugars, uh, most of the alcohol, you know, the desserts, mm -hmm. the sweetened drinks, um, you know, the processed food. And Now, sweetened drinks, now that's a, I'll just pause you there because there's different people, different schools of thought on that. Yeah. Obviously, the sugar-sweetened drinks. Yeah, those are glucose and, and, and yeah. fructose you and, want to get rid of. But what are your what are your thoughts on? Because a lot of people recommend that you cut out even you know naturally sweet yeah. things like yeah. stevia or monk fruit, which happen to be two things that I'm quite fond of. Yeah. Um, but you know they say that you want to resensitize your mouth to actually tasting the sweet things. Right. So two foods. things going on there. One is. Um, you know, do those sweetened beverages cause an insulin response? Mm -hmm. And they don't. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the monk fruit and the stevia. Um, but what they do is they, is they promote this uh, sensitivity to sweetness, which you still crave. Your, your brain is hardwired to want sweet things. That's yeah. again, another 100 million years of evolution that we're not going to erase just because we decide not to eat sweets. It's there, it's, it's wired, it's, it's good to go. It's why some people really crave sweets. It's why some people can tone it down a little bit, but also it's, it's always there. So 
to the extent that you get rid of the sugar sweet, the actual sugars, the fructose and the, and the glucose and, and all the derivations thereof of, of natural sugars, that's great. That lowers insulin, that reduces your carb load, that sets you up to get into ketosis. But if you're drinking um, uh, sweetened beverages and as a result, you have this ongoing fight with yourself, yeah. like, okay, I had some sweet stuff and now, because one of the studies on these looks at what happens to the brain when, the, when you take in sweet, artificial sweeteners that have zero calorie, the brain goes basically, I think I just got some calories because mm -hmm. it tastes like it, mm -hmm. but I didn't, so I'm gonna seek out those calories as a replacement. So people tend to overeat carbs when yeah. they're taking in uh, uh, zero calorie sweeteners. So and let me pause for one second because there's one thing that you can hammer is to not have sugar sweetened beverages. Because you talk about the fastest way to get an insulin. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, like oh, blood sugar and insulin. Well, spine. that's how they do it in the medical I setting. Mean, yeah, exactly. There's no fiber. Yeah. There's no fat. No, there's no. nothing. It's an just oral glucose straight. tolerance test yeah. every single day. Every time you have a, you know, yeah. a, a bottle of Coca-Cola. So that's and I tell people that's like the number one thing you can do if you want to alter your diet in a way that's going to trend toward a healthier outcome. The first. Like if you said one thing you could do is get rid of the... Is this. it? I mean, we're in this really weird time. People yeah. are still drinking like liters of a, cola. I know. It's, a, it's no. like a strange world. And, and, you, and you know they know better. You have, yeah, to, you have to know that they know better. But then I was just like, I was in a small town outside of Nashville, and I'm cruising through, and absolutely everything is just shit in yeah. the grocery store. Yeah. Like nothing. Yeah. And I'm going to get some supplies. I go to the counter. I was like, hey, do you guys have any almond butter? And they look at me <laughs> like, that? almond butter? We got Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't even understand it. I know. Like, it didn't yeah. even comprehend, I know. right? I know. And, and then you look, and everything's, you know, shiny packaging and corn yeah. syrup and yeah, yeah. the whole nonsense. It's all center of the store, and, but it's the entire store. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And, and I don't... I don't know if they know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's some people who still, because of the shit nutritional guidelines and yeah. the misinformation that's been out there and the food lobby, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a, not here to... Well, the advertising blame. budget of some of the cola companies, <laughs> yeah, too. totally. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it's like people don't... I don't think they fully get it. Yeah. How it, bad it is. Well, I, I mean, I would... I, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that people know enough that uh, by now, at least the majority of people know, sure. that by cutting out uh, sugar, they're going to do themselves... A favor, um, except for the people who think that they need to cut out fat. <laughs> oh, that's too. You know, like yeah. that, where where it's like, yeah. oh, you know, I'll have my soda, but I got these low, I got this low fat yogurt. That right, eating, that'll right? make up for it. That'll make up for yeah. it, right? So I yeah. have my Coke and my non-fat <laughs> yogurt yeah, with right. another thirty-five right. grams and some little of sugar, some little Debbie donuts at hundred <laughs> yeah. calories each or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, so, but back so back to the ketone thing mm -hmm. and the uh, so like I, for instance, I have a cup of coffee every morning. And when I went, uh, and I did a two-month ketosis dive uh, personally for the book, um, I started using xylitol as a sweetener in my, mm -hmm. in my coffee. Um, Chris Kressler said it was fine, so I'm going to do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, cause I was really trying to be very, very strict on how much sugar I took in. But in the book, we talk about how the 21-day sort of entry-level decompress from normal eating standard American diet to get ready to, to learn how to burn fat, to, to uh, reduce the carbs, so that when you do decide to go into ketosis, uh, and we have, a, by the way, we have what we call a midterm exam, and it's, you have to get a 75 or better on it. It's in the book. It's just yes-no yeah. questions like how you feel. Because um, we don't want you to go into ketosis until you are ready. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people have gotten... Uh, particularly those who have been metabolically damaged over a lifetime, and they say, oh, I read this 
ketosis book. I'm going to do it. And the next thing you know, they're messed up because they, they went too quickly. They didn't um, learn how to burn fats. They so didn't, they just find themselves exhausted. Exhausted. And because the brain is like expecting glucose all the time, and now you immediately withhold glucose. Some people's brains are like, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could literally cause damage if you, if you haven't stair-stepped your way, I think, mm -hmm. uh, in, ter in terms of some people. So it's... Um, so getting from, say, 100, 120 grams a day of carbs, which is, which is like very normal diet for most people in sure. the low-carb paleo ancestral health movement. Sure. That still means you're getting lots of vegetables. You're eating a big salad. You're eating, uh, again, lots of, lots of green leafy vegetables. Vegetables still wind up being the bulk of the, of the amount of food because, you know, this much vegetables probably only has 25, 30 grams of carbs total. Yeah, most of it's insoluble fiber. Most of it's in, in the form of uh, soluble fiber, insoluble fiber. Uh, you're getting all your micronutrients there. Mm -hmm. um, you can, I can turn any salad into a beautiful fat bomb keto salad just by putting some of my uh, Primal Kitchen dressing on it. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you some before we, before we end this thing, I got to tell you some of my favorite recipes using your stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Right, yeah, I'll, well, I'll tell well, it right. It, let, let me yeah, jump okay, in right okay, now. Here we're going to take, take an intermission here. <laughs> talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. products. All right. So one of the things I've been doing is making this curry cauliflower salad. So yeah. So like roasting cauliflower, um, avocado oil, and a little sea salt. Yep. And then taking the Primal Kitchen mayonnaise and then putting a bunch of turmeric and a bunch of Indian curry powder and a little bit more salt and mixing it up. Awesome. And it's like this amazing curry no tato salad right you know and it's fantastic we make it like twice a week and it's very low in carbs super low super in carbs. low in carbs yep. super high in healthy fats yeah so it's a it's a totally and then you have the benefits of the turmeric and the curry and the sea salt and yeah so so a great example of how when people think of the keto diet they think well i got to be willing to sacrifice not just things that i can't eat but there's not much left that i can eat and it won't be that tasty and once you get into this and you realize how uh, how many uh, potential great tasting meals you can mm -hmm. make that are keto, and you can serve them to your guests, and they won't even, you'll, you know, they won't even know no, it's they'll keto. Be stoked. They'll it's be the, stoked. You know, yeah. Oftentimes the meals feel very rich. They're very yeah. rich and yeah. filling. Yeah. You know, this is the this is a diet that's that you can do. Now yeah. the issue is is when you need something that like that you're used to carrying the meat with, right? <laughs> you know, like yeah. having like meat sauce without yeah. the without the the noodles or yeah. having like. How am I going to hold the meat in my? How am I going to hold yeah, my yeah, burger? Yeah, I know, I know. The, that was the original. The by the way, bread. the original, the original idea behind a sandwich was a portable plate. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that was why the Earl of Sandwich apparently, you know, he said, "I need something that I don't have to have a plate to eat my meat." <laughs> yeah. And um, he used some hard bread, and that, and then it became like the the thing, know, the thing, right? <laughs> right. So we're going back to what actually the original uh, concept was, which is just eat your meat off a plate. I said for the longest time, you know, when you like people would say, "Well, wait a minute, I, I love spaghetti." And meatballs. And I'm like, well, what do you like about them? Well, I like the meatballs and the marinara sauce. I go, well, then get rid of the spaghetti and just have <laughs> yeah, a bowl yeah. of meatballs and marinara sauce. You know, yeah. be much better off. And then there's kelp noodles, you know, which is one of probably the best solutions. And right. zucchini spirals, which you can use as well. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, we serve a zucchini spiral and they, there's, there's, there's those great machines that yeah. you can just do awesome stuff. People like it better than pasta. Yep. You know, so um, yeah, so there there aren't those excuses anymore. I think plus the fact that now we we've, we've been in this experience for ten years. There's like what a thousand books on how to cook paleo, low carb, mm -hmm. keto, and and they're all great books. They're all great cookbooks. So yeah. there's like an almost infinite number of possibilities that you can do to prepare meals.
All right, mine's my second favorite. So there's this mix called like power greens. It's chard and spinach and all these different greens. Yeah. And I saute that one in low heat and olive oil. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this um, Ethiopian seasoning called berbera. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah. B-E-R-B-E-R-R-E. And it's fantastic. It's like 12 different spices. It's amazing. It's like if you ever go to like an Ethiopian restaurant, they serve it with the that bread thing yeah, dip it in. It, yeah. it has that great spice and then I put some pumpkin seeds on it and yep. then I just drown it in the Primal Kitchen Ranch yeah it's good, just, good it's just amazing yeah like and that's again this is like these are things that once you get find a few of your favorite things and a way to do it it's like a part of your life well you know? so but that's a great point is that um, people also think like what am I going to eat if I go here well if you find five great dishes that you like to make why not have them most of the time, you know, yeah, a lot yeah. of the time and rotate Agreed. them? I mean, I, I would rather, there's so many dishes that are not so many, but there, there are a couple of dishes that I love that I would rather have often than be, you know, experimenting with new stuff. I'm, I'm happy to experiment, but I don't feel like I need to have something different at every meal. Yeah. yeah. And the thing, another thing I think people need to just let go of is they'll try to make like, Keto pancakes. Oh, I'm like, yeah. Stop. Yeah. Like, stop yeah. with your keto yeah. cheddar biscuits. Yeah. yeah stop yeah, with yeah, your yeah, like yeah, keto yeah. pancake. Like, yeah. It's it's just not gonna no, work. No, it doesn't fit. It's not gonna work. No. It's gonna be ultimately inherently unsatisfying. Yeah. And almost make you more pissed off. Yeah. Diet, no, yeah. it's almost like ve- vegetarians wanting to make a tofu turkey. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, it, you know, if you like tofu, have tofu. Don't make it taste and look like turkey yeah. that you're not gonna eat anyway. It's weird. Yeah. yeah so. It's funny how people do that. Um, so for you personally, are you? how much of the time are you actually in ketosis and how much of the time are you just very low carb? So um, I'm always low carb. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I realized uh, in writing this book is that um, when you get really good at being in ketosis and your uh, body adapts through a, a number of different um, Modalities. One of which is to upregulate the enzyme systems that are involved in burning fat. One of those is to um, uh, let's pause right now, and I'll go turn off okay. my uh, yeah, sure. my pool. So, how much of the time are you actually in ketosis, or just very low carb? Um, I'm pretty much always low carb, um, just by choice, and it's comfortable for me to to be below 150 grams a day. Um, almost all the time. You know, if I have a big high carb day, ooh, it's 200 or 175 or something, right? Yeah. Uh, and just, do you time that after like a more of an endurance workout or something? No, but where? you know what I do is if I find myself having gone there, I'll, I'll plan uh, a more glycolytic workout for the next morning. Uh-huh. Um, because you, I can deplete those reserves that I just built up pretty quickly in one workout and then be right back into low carb or, or ketosis. Yeah, that's what I convinced myself yesterday when I went and stopped with my fiance and grabbed a phone Have you ever had a phone No. I'm generally like pretty good on my diet. Yesterday, I just let it all go to hell. There yeah. was sugar, there yeah. was alcohol. But we were going to an ecstatic dance, which is like basically two hours of you know dancing as yeah. expressively as you possibly can. So it's a, it's a great workout. And yeah. I was like, well, if I'm gonna have a phone nut, yeah, yeah, which is these steamed donuts that are delicious. They have these blueberry Earl Grey ones that are like insanely good. Sounds great. Yeah, it's really good. So we had that before, but I'm so not used to sugar now. Like yeah. I used to be able to eat a donut. Like I see people eat donuts, yeah, and they just carry on with their uh, life. I know. Like carry on. Yeah, you gotta you know. take a nap, right? Oh man, it was brutal. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we're in the store, and I'm just, just kind of like, I feel awful. Yeah. 
Like, I don't understand. I mean, eventually, halfway through my dance, I was like, okay. Yeah. Now I'm back to... You burned off. Yeah, yeah. I burned it off. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, the tolerance for that just goes way away when you start pulling the sugar. So that's good news, bad news, right? I mean, the good news is you clean up your act. uh, Your insulin sensitivity has has modulated and and, uh, and evened out. Uh, The bad news is if you do fall off the rails... It's uh, it's very noticeable. Yeah, and so that keeps a lot of people. That keeps me honest. I mean, I I sort of know where my where where the um, you know what I can get away with and what I can't, and so I go right up to the edge. By the way, humans tend to go right up to the edge of what they can get <laughs> away course. with in every aspect of life. Of course. So some of us can go get away with a lot more than others, yeah. right? Um, but with regard to uh, being in ketosis, so I I tend to be you know uh, low carb anyway, and then what happens is now like I spent months in ketosis and the I noticed a physical transformation and it was very impressive like mm-hmm. to, to eat 30% fewer calories in a day to skip meals and to have people at the gym go dude you're jacked what are you doing yeah. well it was because I had burning off body fat and so I had more striations and you know less body fat and I'm a pretty low body fat guy to begin with right mm-hmm. so that was pretty clear that that whole epigenetic upregulating of, of uh, protein sparing is profound in the keto state um, and there's sites now on on the internet that are dedicated to you know showing coaching people on how to uh, gain muscle not gain fat and do it in a in, in ketosis yeah um, but uh, and I said well so why don't you stay fully in ketosis all the time mark well I like I do like to eat food a wide variety of food um, I do find that it's uh, um, that it's in it, it that I'm surrounding myself with with great choices. I'm opening a restaurant. Uh, I just went to Greece for two weeks. I wasn't not going to eat baklava yeah, there, course. right? So, but because I've, and 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 for me, the whole point of this keto experiment and this keto thing and why we call it the keto reset diet is improving metabolic flexibility. Mm-hmm. So it's not about being in ketosis all the time. It's about the positive effects that being in ketosis for a short period of time or a long period of time, have in ratcheting up your metabolic flexibility. So you, come, you become more efficient at burning fat, more efficient at creating ketones, whether you're in full deep ketosis or not. Um, you're less inefficient at burning glucose when, it's, when you do present it. Yep. Um, you don't throw off as many reactive oxygen species. You know, you, you upregulate the, it's called mitochondrial biogenesis. You increase the amount of, mito, of mitochondria in your body when you're deep in ketosis. Yep. And that has a lasting effect. It's not like something that goes away the next day when you decide to eat a funnel cake. It's just, um, you know, that, that ratcheting up of your, of your uh, metabolism and metabolic flexibility stays as long as you don't really mess up for three weeks in a row. Yeah. But the body doesn't want to make any, any shifts it doesn't have to make. So if you force it through two weeks of deep ketosis, it goes, all right, we get it. No more glucose for a while. We're going to upregulate our, our fat burning enzymes. We're going to make more ketones. We're going to build the metabolic machinery to burn the ketones. Um, the brain's going to become more adept at using these ketones and seeking them out, less uh, dependent on a regular source of glucose. All that's going to be awesome. And so, all these um, gene signaling uh, events take place because over time, the body responds. You know, the short term mechanism is hormonal. Mm-hmm. You know, the hormones go up and down. They kind of keep you in homeostasis. But over time, then the gene signaling gets like, all right, we've, the, the, the hormonal response isn't enough to keep us in this state all the time. We need to make some long-range plans, some adaptations. Yeah. And so that's, 
uh, to ascribe, you know, some sort of uh, thought process to the genetic, you know, well, to evolution. That's that's what's going on. Uh, and so, to the extent that you can um, use ketosis as a tool in your arsenal to improve your metabolic flexibility, why would you not want to do that? You know, the first time I heard of ketosis was um, probably ten years ago when I was really good friends with Bodie Miller, the Olympic skier, world yeah. champion. And he would do pretty much exactly what you're talking about, a keto reset, like before keto was trendy. Yeah. You know, and he would do that, you know, once or twice a year, you know, before the season. And he felt like the way he described it, he's like, everything just tightens up. Like all, everything gets really efficient, everything tightens up. And then he would go and he was doing the test strips and everything like really early on in that. But he's also one, you know, one of the biggest freaks of, freaks of nature I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, talk about someone who could push the envelope on all aspects, right. training and skiing right. and partying and whatever. And I think part of it is because his machinery was so well adapted to a variety of different conditions. You know, you could be, you, you could take, um, you know, 100 athletes who are um, amazing physical specimens, train hard, do all the work. Um, and, and now the difference between a gold and a silver is two hundredths of a second. Mm -hmm. How are you going to, where are you going to get the, the gains? Well, you're going to get them on little things like diet. You're going to get them on little things like, like the ability to dig a little bit deeper because of the mental training that you did or yep. just the mental, the, the, the fortitude that you, that you were born with. Yep. Uh, Steve Prepontaine was, you know, one of the best runners the country ever produced. He was a great physical specimen, but there were like 15 people in the world who were, who were, who were better pure runners than he was but he's like every starting line he's like you may be better trained than me and you may have a higher vo2 max but i'm willing to die in this race yeah <laughs> are you willing to die <laughs> are you willing to die because i'm going to take you to that point and it was it was great you know yeah. then he then he did die at the age of 25 flip his car which is a tragedy but but he had that you know that that thing and i think bodie probably had that same oh, thing no too doubt. i mean i watched him push himself so much harder than I've ever seen anybody push himself. Yeah. Like literally the point where he's running weighted hill sprints where he's crawling <laughs> in the sand. hands and yeah, knees yeah. just at the end, like yeah. push that limit yeah. that far. Yeah. And that's and same in a sauna. Don't go in a sauna with Bodie. You know, like like know that you're gonna leave before him unless I, he's I just doing it socially. I had you know? I had friends who in the early days of Iron Man would put their stationary bike in a sauna and ride for two hours in, in a sauna just to train for the heat of yeah. Hawaii. Um, but the but the idea of using keto as a um, again as a tool in your arsenal to improve your metabolic flexibility to reset your your metabolism over time, and I, I wanted to dispel one other um, you know kind of notion that's been circulating a lot, which is people talk about a, a metabolic advantage and the fact that um, somehow we want to develop a high metabolism to burn off a lot of calories. That's that's sort of antithetical to longevity and even to health. If you can become more efficient in how you use calories and get by on and maintain muscle mass and maintain energy and never get sick um, and most importantly never get hungry on fewer calories, you're going to be better off in the long run. Yeah. And yet, and yet people like I know you know a lot of people like this who go, um, what's the most amount of food I can eat and not gain weight? Yeah. You know, exactly. I want to be a glutton. What's wh how can I eat 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 and and fill my you know, pie hole and not gain any weight or stop gaining weight. Um, and, it, and it extends to athletes and particularly endurance athletes. So I have people that I've met, it's like, they tell me they run marathons. I used to run marathons. So why do you run marathons? Kind of grueling, because mm -hmm. I like to eat. 
You, I know you know those people, right? Of course. You know, it's like, why do you? Why are you on the treadmill yeah. 45 oh, minutes yeah. a day? I mean, we have, we'll have them at the gym. Like, yeah. you know, work just getting ready for that queso. Yeah, I just, you I know, love like, to eat. All right. I mean, I, 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 I got a, I got a friend at the gym right now. He was an ex NFL football player. He's 240 pounds, grinds it out on the bike every single day. He holds a record for the most calories burned on the bike at the gym every day. And he hasn't lost any weight. I go, dude, what's the? He says. I just like to eat, and I, that's why I'm doing it. I don't want to gain any more weight. Yeah. I'm, you know, 240, 250, whatever I am now. I don't want to gain any more. Um, and that's just um, that's just wrong. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. just to put yourself through that amount of grueling thing because you know because you want to maybe have a couple more bites of something you shouldn't have in the first place. Right. Right. So um, it's like who's running the ship at that point, right? You no, know, like, exactly. Yeah. Like You're, just for that mouth pleasure. You yeah. Know, just no. For, those, for just three for minutes of gustatory pleasure. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just bizarre when you when you deconstruct it when you break it down like that. Um, there's so al- there's also that myth too though that people you know that went around like where you want to eat little bits all times throughout the oh day. Oh my god, they're and grazing because humans are grazers. Right, <laughs> right. You know this, and then you know really the intelligent you know community has come back and said no no no, no. really you want to compress your feeding window the less you eat i mean yeah. and you know devaney's who's always been on the cutting edge of all this stuff and he's not even a big fan of keto for himself but he says i basically i, I you know he said i go i skip meals at a time not just one meal but several meals at a time mm-hmm. um, because i believe in fasting and i believe that that um you know we're uh uh, the DNA, uh, the genes expect us to not be eating with frequency. In fact, they expect the exact opposite, that we're eating with infrequency and, what, and, it's, and that it's stochastic and it's fractal on how we eat. Uh, and so, you know, my, my own um, adoption of that style is I don't eat until one o'clock in the afternoon, you know, and my last meal is at so seven o'clock have, at night. I have a compressed eating window. So that's pretty, that's pretty compressed too, because that's only about seven hours. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, I, I, and I don't even consider compressed. I'm like, I apologize. I'm not even calling that. I, I don't even call that intermittent fasting. I just yeah. call that, like, to me, I'd, I'd have to skip, you know, a day of eating to get, to call it true intermittent fasting. But most people would. I mean, usually if you do, if you compress it to eight hours or under, yeah. you know, it'll qualify. Or if you take, you know, two days of very, very, very low, um, you know, nutrient intake, yeah. like under 500 calories. Calories are kind of a useless measurement, but yeah. it's sometimes the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then the other one would be to skip, you know, a full day, you know, full like 36 hours yeah. through both nights and whatever. And there's great data on that, especially combined with the ketogenic diet. I was reading the book, Tripping Over the Truth, The Metabolic Theory yeah, of Cancer. Yeah, Have you yeah, read that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, amazing what the research is showing for, you know, rehabilitating, you know, cancerous cells, which is really a metabolic disease, a disease yeah. of the mitochondria, which is a yeah. case whole, that they really new. convincingly make in that book. I know, Warburg made it, you know, yeah, you a, long, it, time a ago. long time ago. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Oh, you mean there's one thing about every cancer cell that's, yeah. that's the same, yeah. and that's that they ferment, yeah. know, ferment glucose as their yeah. form of respiration? Let's ignore that, and let's yeah. just focus on the genes, yeah. you know, which is a really interesting take, but... But looking at how beneficial that is, you know, it really, whether you have cancer or not, you, you finish that book and you want to try some... <laughs> you want to cut glucose out of your life you as wanna, much as possible. You do, yeah. And, yeah. you know, get ketogenic, do yeah. some restricted intermittent fasting, yeah. maybe hop in a hyperbaric oxygen, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, look, um, the the whole um, mitochondrial thing has has come back into vogue. And so every everybody's kind of, not everybody, but people are on the cutting edge of... Uh, 
of you know biohacking and ancestral health are looking at mitochondria as we we really ought to be taking care of our mitochondria that's like yeah. the main driver of everything in the body and um uh, and certainly being in ketosis for some amount of time. And my, so in the book, we, ba we basically take you into a six-week uh, ketosis period. Mm -hmm. And it's literally, from there, it's like, okay, see how you feel, see how you like it. If you want to continue, go for it. Yeah. If you don't, you're still better off, you're better off for having done it. And I, I, like, like I will spend two months a year minimum, two straight months a year in ketosis based on what I... Um, Recently, based on, on on the work I did for the book, um, but that's not just to, that's not to say that I won't spend a week in ketosis. Sure. Um, and back to my point about this metabolic flexibility and this, you get to a point when you've um, built that metabolic machinery where you can go in and out of ketosis literally in less than a 24-hour period. Now, some of the researchers going back, Finney and, 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 and Volek have said, no, once you're out of ketosis, it takes three days to get back in. Uh, my own experience, a lot of experience with other people is, you know, you have um, 150 grams of carbs one night, you go to bed, you do a hard workout the next morning and you skip lunch, you're back in ketosis. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still making ketones. But what you're not doing is you're not, you're not blowing a 4.0 millimolar yeah. because what happens, and this is, the, this is again, the beauty of this long-term strategy, is the body adapts. And the body doesn't want to do anything it doesn't have to do. One of those things is make ketones. So we talked to a lot of people who have been in ketosis for 10 years who are like 0 0.4, 0 0.5 millimolar all the time, and they're getting 20 grams of carbs a day. How is that even possible? It's possible because the liver's only making as many ketones as it knows it needs to fuel the brain. Yeah. The muscles have become so good at burning fat that, that they're doing 85 to 90% of the work just through fat metabolism, just because they have double the mitochondria that, they, that, that uh, uh, a control would have. Uh, and by the way, all those mitochondria have their own DNA, have all upregulated their efficiency. So each one of those mitochondria is working better than the mitochondria in anybody in a, in a standard American diet profile. So you get to a point where you, you're now good at this and you can go in and out and in and out and stay in this low carb realm. And even if you're sort of providing more carbs than, than, um, than you needed yesterday, um, it doesn't become an excessive buildup of of uh, you know glycogen reserves and and then put you out of ketosis it just you stop making ketones because the body says i got glucose and i can handle it but once you draw it down again you go right back to making just as many ketones as you need to get by yeah. what happens with a lot of people who I, and I, I i've seen this a lot people i just i just started ketosis uh, a week ago two weeks ago i'm so good at this i'm i was 6.0 millimolar you know, and, I'm, and it's like, okay, that's because, you know, you're, you're great, you're in ketosis, yeah. and one definition of ketosis is making more ketones than you need, right? So a de one definition of ketosis would be, I'm, I'm peeing purple, I'm not peeing purple, but I'm, I'm on the strips, on the strips. Yeah. Yeah, 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 if you're peeing purple, go see a physician <laughs> right away. <laughs> uh, I've done that before, by the way, and it's not a, it's not good, after a marathon. Um, but um, yeah, so, so uh, over time, you, you get into that nice little state of, of having built the metabolic machinery, being metabolically flexible to stay, to go in and out very quickly. And um, the, the, one of the major benefits is over time, you find you need fewer calories to, to live. Mm -hmm. and, and again, we go back to that, well, I'd like to eat. Well, you know, I love to eat and I don't put anything in my mouth that doesn't taste absolutely fabulous. Yeah. But I also know when I've 
when I'm, I don't need to get full. I know when I'm, I've had enough for that meal. And I go, so, I, so often I go to a restaurant and the portions are huge and I'm just not going to finish it. Yeah. You know, and I, and I have that. That's another funny thing that people have. People have this like, finish, you know, finish, finish, finish the plate. Finish the plate. You know, God forbid you go it. to Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's yeah. as if. You know, your body is a better trash can than the, than the actual trash can. Yeah. Like the hungry people aren't going to get your food. Yeah. You know, that, the restaurant yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to scrape yeah, the star, it off the your The kids plate, in China who are starving. You know, yeah. Like it, yeah. It's, it's either going to go in the trash or yeah. you're going to use your own trash compactor inside yeah. your body. Right. You know, yeah, taking it home is obviously the best option. Yeah. Those, but it's a... It's an interesting phenomenon that. And know, how I, I mean, I to this day I still do that every once in a while. I go, well, there's only three bites left. I'll, left, I'll finish them, and then go, well, Jesus, I didn't need to do that, you know. And I'm not uncomfortable because I don't, I don't, I don't go way to the edge of like mm-hmm. fullness, like Joey Chestnut kind of stuff. But <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a saying that I was I wrote a little blog post about it. You know, to retrain yourself not to do that, not to overeat. I called it leave a bite for the gods. Well, that's you know, nice. Like, yeah, like yeah. in the old days where they would leave an offering of food, you know, just to break that habit that some people have of like always finishing the plate, you know, but like I, leave I, one bite and just be like, all right, yeah, I can do this. I have the willpower not at least one. Yeah. Yeah. Not just to, to leave one bite. Like <laughs> yeah. A plate clean. yeah. Um, I tell people, you know, once you feel like you've had, you're starting to get in that zone, um, ask yourself, am I really hungry for the next bite? Mm-hmm. Am I truly hungry for the next bite? Not am I full, not am I, you know, unco- whatever, but am I truly hungry? And if I'm not hungry for the next bite, knowing full well that right over there is my k- kitchen with my refrigerator full of potential or my pantry or the, the convenience store down the street or whatever it is, I'm not going to starve. And so it's a skill that we develop over time. But, but one, of the, one of the major effects of a ketogenic diet in the first place is appetite. Is a, is a diminution of the appetite, a significant diminution yeah. uh, of the appetite. And to the extent that, um, so I wake up in the morning and I'm, I got plenty of energy. I do have a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't put anything, I don't put MCT oil in it or anything like that. I just, I just want the coffee and the taste and it's just a, it's yeah. a habit for me. I love the taste of coffee. Did you read the report a couple weeks ago that the more coffee you drink, the longer you live? Yeah, I've seen a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's less depressed you so are. So we got that going for us. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. so I have a cup of coffee. But I'll go to the gym at 10 o'clock, 10.30, do a hard work. Easy workout some days, hard workout other days. Come home. I don't, I'm not hungry. I don't feel like eating. In fact, eating is the last thing I feel like doing, even if I've done a leg day. Mm-hmm. It's like wait an hour and a half, two hours, and then have lunch at 1 o'clock. It's fine. It's not a huge lunch. It's typically a salad with some protein in it. I'm not that hungry uh, throughout the rest of the day. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to not have hunger dictate, you know, how you move from one appointment to the other throughout the day, or, you know, to finish breakfast and go, what's for lunch and finish lunch and go, what's for dinner? Like so many people do. It's also important to realize like the forces that are actually driving the ship. Yeah. You know, like we think that we're in charge, but a lot of times we're not until we actively intentionally take charge of our, our mechanisms. Yeah. Like there's these subconscious and unconscious processes, yeah. the body, what the body's craving and wanting and what, you know, your emotions and past traumas and all of these things are yeah. really driving fears and yeah. greeds and lusts are driving these decisions. We think, oh yeah, I'm in charge of this thing. You're yeah. in charge of shit. No, you got you to engage the frontal lobe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to really <laughs> yeah. take hold of the reins yeah. and say, all right, I am in control of this starship. Yeah. And training yourself to be aware of these things that are driving you, these urges, these things. 
it's absolutely it's vital because then you're actually charting your course otherwise I liken it to like being in the school bus and having a steering wheel in the back and just going <laughs> vroom 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 that's vroom right. you know yeah, yeah. Like, you're not good, like, you're not yeah. driving the bus <laughs> no, you know, no. you're just pretending you're yeah. just making sounds that's with funny. your mouth that's funny you know so that's uh, that's a key thing and I think the discipline even of staying of getting into ketosis along with the benefits like just do it yeah like you got to do it and feel it and yeah you know i'm not as you know i'm willing to use some of the shortcuts that'll help round the corners so for me you know dipping into ketosis i'll use some of the i'll use some of the exogenous ketones yeah you know it feels like it kind of rounds the corners a little bit so it was smooth into it um so i use i use the exogenous ketones um but but very judiciously like i played two hours of hard ultimate Mm-hmm. Uh, frisbee yesterday uh, in the hot in in the sun and so I do a ketone uh, ester you know ketone salt before before that um, event and I feel that it benefits me I feel sure. like I'm really good at burning fat and 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 the ketones give me an edge to top off so that I can do six to ten second sprints recover partly through the fat metabolism uh, you know, recycling, ATP recycling, and come back and do it again and do it all day long. And I, I outlast, I mean, we had 20-something show up all the time. Yeah. And they're like, <sighs> you know, at the, at the like 10 minutes into the game or 15 minutes in the game, and I'm like, you know, I'm, you know I got this. So I use, I use the, the, the ketone uh, supplements for that. My, my concern, I think, is um, when, you know, you want to, uh, you want to build that metabolic machinery. Mm-hmm. You want to get the point where... Your body wants to use ketones, wants to make ketones, because part of the part of the issue here is you want the liver to go. Okay, we're going to take some fat, we're going to allocate it to production of ketones, which will offset the need for glucose, and then we're going to take some of the other fat and intramuscular fat and use that as direct fuel for the muscles. So you've got you've, you're, you're building this this uh, this again this metabolic machinery that is able to um, to do that. If you start to introduce exogenous ketones. You you inject something into a feedback loop that says, hey, we got we got enough ketones, we don't sure. need to make any more. Sure. So that's the only danger I'd have of, or the no, con- concern I have of starting starting your first foray into ketosis with, you know, look, I'm again, I'm pissing you up. I got purple strips <laughs> up the wazoo, and I got, yeah, and I got, uh, you know, and I got 4.0 millimolar. And also, you know, exogenous ketones. If you aren't careful, they are great at helping you shit your pants. Oh, <laughs> you know, like that is a specialty of exogenous ketones. Oh man, is the so shit I, your pants. No, trick. no, it is. <laughs> I think I got a fart. Oh, oh no. Never trust a ketone. Exogenous <laughs> ketone fart. That's right. That, that would be a T-shirt almost, right? Um, so I wound up, um, uh, we make a, um, uh, a collagen supplement. Mm-hmm. And so I wind up buffering all my ketone supplements with a, with the collagen. Now I'm getting a dual purpose thing. I'm getting, uh, I like before an event, I like to to give myself some some of the raw material that my Achilles are going to need to repair themselves when the event's going on and, and mm-hmm. afterwards. So instead of doing a, a whey protein isolate to build muscle, I give myself a collagen supplement to build connective tissue because mm-hmm. that's my real weak point. Um, but then I put the ketone in there, I, I mix them up together, and I get a nice, like a buffered ketone thing. Nice. So it does, it kind of covers a lot of ground. Yeah. And I might even put some MCT oil in there too. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Let's back out for a little bit because you've been one of the kind of pioneers leading this charge for ancestral living. And while there's this offshoot of people who are waking up to the to the that kind of idea, you know, yep. getting back to the roots of what human nature is, 
there's also, you know, more pressure to live in an even different way than we ever have. I mean, looking at the millennials and looking at even, you know, people younger. I mean, it's so far. It's in almost getting farther. Scary. So what do you, you know, when you look at that, I mean, what do you, what do you see? Do you see it'll, maybe it'll get so bad that people will be forced back into this? Or I like, do. Is that, is that yeah. kind of, because I, I, I think there has to be, you know, if you look at um, progress through time and changes through time and, and, and shifts in momentum and you look at, um, yeah, you know, paradigm shifts and, and uh, it, it always kind of has to go way out to one mm edge to and then come back a little bit to center and uh so you know in in economics we talk about bubbles you know just you got to go way past the point the breaking point until it breaks and then come back and find where you should have kind of called it a day and i think uh you know the digital connectivity and um you know the invasion of privacy and the lack of human touch and connection uh is you know we're we're kind of um I think we're fooling ourselves thinking, oh, I'm very connected because I have all these, I'm connected with three friends right now. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not how we're wired. And there'll be a rebound at some point. And it won't be some dramatic, uh, you know, I don't know, some robot takeover or anything like that. It'll just be at some point people go, this is, my life is not fulfilling. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I don't, f- like, I don't feel right. And everything that I do in my realm of looking at how we can live an awesome life comes back to how do I feel. Yeah. It's not what do my numbers show. It's not, that's why I have kind of a distrust of, of wearable tech right now and the information or the data, the data that it kind of gives you. It's like, um, you know, uh, it says I did 12,000 steps today. I, didn't, I don't know if I did or not, but it's how do I feel? I feel mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I, I feel so good. But I, but I told myself I'd do 15,000 steps. It's 11 o'clock at night. Shit, I gotta go, I gotta go do 3,000 steps. So you get caught up in this, in, in uh, assigning some value to some numbers uh, that are then dictating your life rather than, how do I feel? Mm-hmm. I feel awesome. This is great, you know? Yeah. And, and how I feel um, very frequently has to do with human interaction. I feel great sitting with you here right now, Aubrey. Yeah. You know, we've hung out likewise. like a couple of times, but not enough, right? Right. And and I feel like I wanted to hang out with you more. You know, and yeah. we didn't, had you not shown up today, that, you know, I would have been, you know, emailing Aubrey on the, you know, whatever. And yeah, I know Aubrey, we're connected, but not like this. Yeah. So I feel like um, whether it's being out, we talk in a, a lot about forest bathing and, you know, being out in nature, how important it is. My best couple of hours every week, don't tell my wife, are when I'm out on my paddleboard. Mm-hmm. And I'm out alone in the middle of the ocean with the water lapping my board, and I'm digging deep, and I'm in the, I'm in the zone paddling, and my mind is going, is, I'm, I'm basically meditating. Yep. Um, and I'm getting all my best ideas. But I'm, it, it's, I got the wind, I got the sun, I got the water, I got the salt water lapping over my feet. I got a sea turtle this big down here, and I got dolphins. You know, I can't recreate that in a digital world ever. I have to be there and do that. I have to be, yeah. and that has to do with presence. It has to do with um, with prioritizing time, because uh, sometimes it's in the middle of a day when I've got meetings before and after. But damn it, I'm it's I gotta go, mm-hmm. right? Or these mountains behind you are full of trails. I can go, I can just go up on a trail and be gone for an hour and completely 
feel like I got my workout in. I got my my I, I solved two problems on the way. Um, I wrote a blog post, and I communed with nature. And I got and I saw a rattlesnake. I saw whatever. Those are the kind of experiences that pe young people today, particularly urban young people, are never going to have. And they are so central to the human experience. Yeah, I was reading an article with my fiance, and they were talking about these forest, uh, like forest preschools and kindergartens and, and elementary schools. Where yeah. It's actually the whole school takes place yeah. in the forest. Yeah. And all the lessons revolve around community. I think there's going to have to start to be these countermeasures, yeah. these counterbalances. And uh, the, you know, the only thing that's, that's tough is there's just... It's going to be hard to get it as a mass yeah, access, you know, as mass access yeah. to everybody, you know. But then again, you look around like there's a shitload of nature. I mean, Texas isn't the most beautiful natural natural landscape I've ever been to, but there's a lot of land and there's a lot of beauty in any kind of land. You know what I mean? And I think if people just make a more concerted effort and yeah. really actually, you know, set set that up, I think it's absolutely vital. Like it has to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. And the consciousness and the awareness of what the deleterious effects of this other way of living, that has to, you know, that's starting to catch up, I think, because it's, it's rough. Yeah. You know, and you got to be aware of what's causing it. So my second book was called The Primal Connection. Mm -hmm. And I think seven people read it. <laughs> I sold a half a million copies of my first book. Primal Connection, for whatever reason, and it was the, maybe it's a cover, I don't know. But, it's, but the, those people, and, you know, Tens of thousands of people have read it, but but people say it's my best book ever because it mm -hmm. talks about everything other than diet and exercise. It talks about uh, exposure to dirt and get you know mm -hmm. training your immune system to be more efficient because you're just playing in the dirt and you're in the microbes and and spending time in nature and surrounding yourself with with um, you know key people who you love and who will nurture you and you can nurture and you know it talks about the Dunbar number and and all of the uh, the interconnectivity that we have and and how important all of this is to um, to our psyche and how important our psyche is to our stress reduction and it's it, you know we can talk about hacks biohacks and um, uh, you know and, and dietary manipulation all day long but ultimately it's how you enjoy life that's really yeah. counts because if you're sometimes I, I see somebody who's like seriously overweight and they are so dialed into their life and they so love their life it's like I'm not going to make any changes to you, pal. Sure. You're you know, winning. You're winning. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to end. You know, whatever whatever it is, just find your win, right? Exactly. Like, you know, these are all just different ways and different tools and different techniques. And some are really congruent with the way the yeah. human body is designed to win. You know, the, what we're designed to do, where we're designed to be. And just having the knowledge, having that awareness, and then, and then finding that. Because, man, this is... The best playground we could ever create. For right? sure. It's so good. Yeah. It's so fucking no, good. Oh, I know, I know. It's so good. No, and every time you get out there, you remind yourself how good it is, and then, yeah. you know, it's like you didn't do it again for, <laughs> yeah. why didn't I do this yesterday? Yeah, and then you start beating yourself up, oh, right. it's so good, and I'm not even having <laughs> I, fun, I I'm, I'm like broken, I know. And, I know. and there's yeah. all of these mental processes, yeah. and that's the challenge part of it, too. Yeah. That's that the aspect of, you know, coming here to, to strive against something, yeah. you know, to have a force of resistance to overcome and feel that progress. Yeah. But ultimately, we wouldn't design a game a different way, I don't yeah. think. So, Agreed. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Good chat. Thanks, everybody. Much love. Peace. People often ask me why I started on it. And one of the best answers to that question is it has everything that I fucking love. 
It has the fitness products that I've loved using for years between the kettlebells, the maces, the clubs, all of these unconventional tools that have history in some cases that extend back a thousand years, but that modern athletes are using. It has the best supplements. Not only have we taken natural ingredients, we've tested them in rigorous clinical trials like Alpha Brain with the Boston Center for Memory. And then it has all of these delicious functional foods and proteins. This is a culmination of all of the tools that I like to use to benefit my life on a daily basis. And I literally use these things on a daily basis. I love this stuff. It's a key part of who I am. And I hope you guys love it as much as I do. Onnit.com slash Aubrey, O-N-N-I-T.com slash Aubrey. You'll save 10% on everything. Enjoy. 